systems and teams. Those are my two um, nemesis things that I would say that, you know, really caused me a lot of problems. Systems mainly because when I first started my business, I had no real idea that I even really needed them. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, you're listening to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. Welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 76. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue to kick off 2018 by highlighting females in business. Before we jump into this week's episode, however, I just wanted to share with you that next month, February of 2018, we will be hosting the very first Technology Equals Equality podcast challenge ever, so stay tuned at the end of this episode for all of the details. Now, please join me in welcoming serial entrepreneur Nicole Whip to the show. Nicole is an expert in team building. For over a decade, Nicole has been creating six and seven figure profitability in her companies. Her goal is to help entrepreneurs looking to scale their business and improve their teams. Nicole has been a featured expert in Business News Daily, The Huffington Post, Daily News New York, and Cross-Border Business Symposium. Nicole has perfected the art of the pivot and started multiple six-figure companies, all while battling a rare and fatal disease. Rather than letting a diagnosis stop her, Nicole used it to propel her in business today. Nicole, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So before we go ahead and dive into your entrepreneurial journey, I want to go ahead and rewind the clock just a bit. Tell us a story of what it is you thought life would be like in the future. When you were a kid or a teenager, when an aunt or uncle would ask you, you know, what is it you want to be when you grow up? What was your response to that question? What did you think your future would look like? You know, that's sort of funny. I will say that I don't know because I didn't know. And and this, I think, is really important because one of the things that I always tell people is cl- lack of clarity is the enemy to success. And when I was a young woman in my early 20s, I did not have clarity about what my life would look like, what I wanted it to look like. I was sort of just letting things happen. I was going with, you know, whatever, wherever it was life was taking me, I was letting it take me. And that is, I think, um, it's part, a crucial part of my personal journey because that is exactly the opposite of how I am today. Um, I, I think I had this like misguided idea that life was going to be great and everything was going to be fine and I was going to be super successful, but I literally had no clarity about what that actually meant or how I was going to get there. It just sort of was like this, um, you know, the idea how we get of, being princess in the castle or something. It was literally as real as that to me. It was the same kind of a thing. Right. And the princess in the castle scenario, I think, is something that we've all grown up in some form or fashion with Disney shows. And the princess is never employed. She never has a job. Uh, Role playing for male versus female as children is very different. Females may be playing that, you know, princess in a castle role, whereas males have firemen, policemen, things of that sort, career oriented role playing that makes them have that thought process of what it is they may want to do later on, whereas females don't necessarily have that same setup and when thrown a curveball later in life as a female once you have been employed it's difficult to navigate left to right which 
way you should go and, and the best direction to get to success. So I think it's important that we as females uh, commit to finding a mentor, finding um, someone that can assist in not only navigating those moments, but assisting in developing, developing a plan um, to achieve that level of success or that picture of success that, that you have gone about uh, building for yourself. So what do you feel were some of the first steps you took once you decided it was time to start working for yourself and and really building out your business and your brand? Well, okay, so some of the things that you just said about mentor and all of those kinds of things are were really true for me in the respect that as a young woman, I had no mentors. I had nobody to look up to. I grew up in a very small town um, with, you know, what I would say is sort of narrow, small town thinking. I knew that there must be more to life than that. Um, I could break out in the Disney song right there, but but I knew it. But I didn't know I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how to get there. I mean, I only I read a lot of books, but I didn't know anything about real life. So, but one of the things that I did know as a young person was that I sort of had to do things my way. So that's been a big sort of theme for my whole life. And every time when I was young, I tried to work in a job, a real job, what I would say is a real job, which is working for somebody else, like a corporation or something. Um, it did not work out for me. And that was sort of like that was sort of the genesis of my realizing that it was not that was not a good fit, that I had to take control of things myself and I had to figure out my own path without doing it somebody else's way. Um, and so the steps I started to take were just to try it. Um, I was really a big, one of the things I think I, I've never really been too afraid of failure. Um, where I'm not, I, like it's no big deal to me if I fail uh, compared to maybe how other people feel. I just, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try because I have a lot of, a lot of self-belief I did back then. So that was when I first started, just being the willing to try was the very first step. But I think my biggest step and the biggest leap that I made was when I consciously and deliberately aligned myself with people that could help me on my path. Then that's when things really changed. Right, right. Because we are the sum of the people that we spend the most time with. So when you start consciously cultivating that group of people and make sure that those people are supportive, understand what it is you're doing and capable of assisting you in not only navigating but creating your journey, you can see an enormous difference, definitely. What do you feel were some of the most difficult parts of becoming an entrepreneur? What do you feel was one of the hardest pieces of, you know, taking those first steps and beginning to brand yourself and build out your business? Well, I think it's just, you know, the the fear of whether I would have enough money to live, you know, that might be, I, I don't, you know, that, that for me is not ever been my biggest problem in taking the step forward. The, the first step is not, was never really been my hardest part. The biggest, hardest part that I've ever had has been then how to take it further, how to make it more than, than just that very first step. Because the first step for me was pretty easy. It was then the next and the next and the next. That was my hardest part. And, you know, for me, one of the biggest initial problems I ever had was systems and teams. You know, those are my two um, nemesis things that I would say that, you know, really caused me a lot of problems. Systems mainly because when I first started my business, I had no real idea that I even really needed them. I mean, I was just re reacting a lot. 
instead of being proactive. And then team, um, once I got to a place where team became necessary to my mental survival, um, then the problem with that was really the functional understanding that the things that make you a great entrepreneur, so even if you can do do things that make you money, which has never really been my problem. I know how to do things to make money, but to then to take it another step and be a great leader of a great team, that's a whole different skill set. And I had to really understand that and learn it and then make myself be that person in order to have a great team. Definitely. Modeling actions as someone who's been there and done that, you know, again, finding a mentor or a coach to help you develop that plan is always important. But if you can find a way to, uh, you know, model the actions of someone that you know, admire, whom you know has been there and done that and reached that level of success, it's very useful to begin modeling those actions and steps that they took in order to help yourself. Definitely. What do you feel drove you to push past the difficulties of creating the team or, you know, building out your systems? What do you feel motivated you the most and really pushed you pushed you past that area? Pain. Well, everything, yeah, everything that I do has done as an entrepreneur has in some way been driven by pain. And what I mean by that is I became an entrepreneur because the pain of working for somebody else was more than my fear of being an entrepreneur. I buckled down and made myself get systems and processes because the pain of not having them was much more than the pain of making myself do it. I made myself become a great leader to a great team because honestly, the pain of having wrong fit team members was so much worse than not taking the time out to do it, to understand it, to build it, to make it real for me. So like literally, I, I I wouldn't be not being honest if I didn't say it's truly from pain. Mm, definitely. Pain is truly an amazing motivator for many. When it's all pleasure, we become complacent. I've spoken with a number of entrepreneurs who have been motivated by pain. I myself was motivated by pain back in 2009. The idea of someone else having control over whether or not I had the ability to generate an income with a chronic illness was too scary for me to, you know, just kind of leave it up to someone else. I totally understand. What do you feel was the biggest key to success for you on this journey? Well, I'd say the first key is perseverance and belief in oneself. I think that one of the things I always tell, I do a lot of speaking, and in fact, I'm doing some speaking this week, and uh, you know, one of the things I always tell people is that establishing and maintaining your confidence is absolutely essential as an entrepreneur, because entrepreneurial life is a roller coaster, and you have to accept that from the beginning. You have to accept that there's going to be highs and lows. So I have really been conscious of doing things to feed my confidence because I need that in order to stay motivated and to continue. Um, that was the beginning, but and certainly those things hold true today. But the different key to my exponential growth was team. Like, you know, I had a lot of success. I think like a lot of people would have looked at all my success prior to my team and would have said, wow, I wish I could have do that because I had success, like oh, my perseverance alone made it happen. But the problem is, is that you can only do so much on your own. And you can be an entrepreneur that does all the things, which I think some of you can relate to of being the person that does all the things. Or you could be an entrepreneur that only does the things that you do the best and leave the rest to other people. And when you do that, your ability to generate 
the things that sort of are other motivators, money, success, you know, those things come automatically when you are able to act in within the mental energy and the things that you do the best and you have team members that are able to do the same. A positive mindset, maintaining that confidence level. I love it, Nicole. I often reference PRISM, you know, perceived reality, inspiring successful minds because your perceived reality is something that you can so very easily maintain and change on a regular basis for yourself if you're consciously aware of it. And then, of course, you know, building out the right team to support you in your strengths. Nicole, what do you feel was the biggest driver for you in maintaining that mindset in keeping your confidence levels up? Um, well, you have to really think about your own tolerance for whatever it is that you might be afraid of. Um, you know, one of the things I always do to check my fear is I tell myself, what is the absolutely worst case scenario that's going to happen here? And the worst case scenario isn't that I'm going to lose my house. And the worst case scenario isn't that I'm because I know that if I can't make enough money through my entrepreneurial endeavors, I'll go work at a fast food restaurant if that's what I have to do, because there's no shame in doing it, if that's what it means to keep my house. And so for me, I always say, what's the worst case scenario? And usually it's not as bad as, you know, you might build it up in your head to be if you don't think it through. So I think that's one of the things is what is your tolerance and what is the worst case scenario? And can you survive the worst case scenario? And if you say yes, then you can do it. Like you can move forward. And yeah, and so that's, Part of it is really being grounded in the reality. And then also, I'd say really being the person that says, I will do what it takes and and really meaning it. Because when I um, started my first, you know, I've had many businesses over the years, but I would say my first really seriously successful business, um, it was driven by this whole idea of was I going to lose my house? Um, I had gotten divorced and I was married to somebody who was um, very good uh, financially. I had a very financially comfortable situation in my marriage and I was leaving that. And one of the things that was driving me at that moment was my determination that I was not going to be seen as a person that had to rely on him to survive. Like, I would not allow that. Um, to me, I was like, I will do whatever it takes. And so, you know, for whatever your whatever it takes and whatever drives your whatever it takes, like that's sort of also what you have to really instill in yourself, that you will do it. Because sometimes it takes having to push through really hating your life sometimes as an entrepreneur. Like, you really hate what you're doing. You really hate what's going on. You really hate, you know, feeling so uncomfortable, but you have to be able to push through it. And so you have to have those two things. Definitely. Confidence and perseverance. I mean, you need to have the confidence in yourself to know that you will succeed and the perseverance to get through the moments that are not going to be bright and, you know, sunshiny. It's it's a very windy path as an entrepreneur. There's ups and downs, highs and lows, um, you know, and you need to know what your tolerance level is definitely. Um, it, you know, if you had the opportunity to go back, say, 10 to 15? Well, actually, let me, I, I just would like to put one more cherry on top of that, which is this. 
you know, I am in multiple masterminds with some very, very well-known and very successful entrepreneurs. And I can tell you that almost every single person that is an entrepreneur that breaks a million mark that I know, and I know a lot, are people that are driven by pain. Because when you are comfortable, you don't have the motivation to change. Right. Comfort, complacency can definitely be a career killer once you become stagnant and lose that momentum. It's difficult to restart. So don't allow success to stagger or hinder your continued success. Nicole, if you could go back, say, 10 to 15 years and tell yourself just one thing, what would it be? I would caution myself against putting my myself in a situation that I can't easily get out of. So what I mean by that is putting myself into a situation where I am too comfortable. Um, I know that one of the things that I personally thrive on is when I deliberately make myself feel uncomfortable. But as you grow in success, it's very easy to slip into this feeling of being comfortable. And um, that really can be an inhibitor um, because so and there are things that you can do to sort of change that dynamic for yourself if you are somebody that's motivated like that. But that would be something I would just caution myself because certainly I do. I could just cruise on what I've done right now and I wouldn't need to do anything more, but I'm just not built that way. But I've made it harder for myself to take steps up because I've created this comfort level. So it's like, um, so going back to the whole topic, I would caution myself to not deliberately make that situation, like not to let the trappings of success um, be something that demotivates me. Right. Don't put yourself in a position. Don't deliberately put yourself in a position of comfort because you can begin to stagger your own success. Nicole, the theme of the show is to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions. We aim to assist our guests and our listeners by diving into the pain our guests are experiencing to provide our listeners with an opportunity to develop ideas for projects or businesses in an industry they may not have been thinking of. And Nicole, we'd love to help you. If you had a magic wand and could change anything at all in your business, what would it be and why? Um... Wow, that's a really good question because I deliberately design my businesses to be the way I want them. I mean, that's a big part of how I think what sets me apart. So that's a hard question. But what could I magic? Um, I would. I would have created more freedom and the structure of my law practice. So I have two businesses. I have both a consulting and training firm, and then I also have a law firm. I would have structured my law firm to give me even more flexibility than I already have, which is a lot compared to almost any lawyer I know. So, so many entrepreneurs are building sort of personality-based um, brands, right? And that is can be a blessing and it can also be a curse because when you are the personality behind your business, the fact is, is that clients want you. Because you've created the wanting of you. And so if you really want a business that actually gives you freedom, a personality-based business isn't the right one because you are going to be in the trap of success right there, right? That's the literal trap of success is when people just want you. And so 
you know, I have done things like with my law practice, um, I deliberately moved it away from being a personal brand law firm. But still, because I am well known as the lawyer to go to for this topic, um, the, I still am trapped by my own success in the respect that clients want me. They don't want my team. And so, you know, it's just sort of thinking about like that. Like, what can you do to make that different? What are the ways that you can structure your business to change that? And if that if that would be something that would be important to you. So for me, that would be important to me. And I would have started things a little bit differently in order to create that um, and make that a little less dependent on my personality or me personally. Definitely. Be sure that the business you are building fits you personally and the plans that you have for your future and your lifestyle as you're growing it. Nicole, you've been absolutely wonderful. I thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise. Please share the best way for our listeners to find you. Easily found on any social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, just uh, put my name in and you will find me. Nicole, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Nicole, thank you again for joining us this week and for sharing your time and expertise with the community. Techie community, comfort can kill a career. So be aware of that and don't get stuck. And reach out to Nicole Whip at NicoleWhip.com. Or you can always reach her through our show notes page at technology-equality.com forward slash Nicole Whip. I promised you I would share all of the details to our upcoming podcast challenge. This coming Thursday, February 1st of 2018, the only reason I'm throwing the date out there is so that if somebody's listening to this in the future as digital content does live forever, they have a reference point and they're not attempting to enter this challenge months later. So this coming Thursday, February 1st through the 15th of the month, I would like for the techie community to send me your why. Why it is you do what you do. Entrepreneurial journeys require great motivation, willpower, dedication. What is it that gives you that drive, techie community? The top three answers will be featured on an upcoming episode, as well as receive a gift from the techie community. Not an ebook, not digital content, an actual gift mailed direct to you from the techie community. So. I want for you to leave me an email, leave me a voicemail, or even send us snail mail and include your why and your mailing address so that we can send your gift if you're chosen as one of the top three responses. Send the snail mail to P.O. Box 51676, Boston, Mass, 02205. Leave a voicemail at 617-905-6939. Or you can always send an email to info at technology-equality.com. Thank you again for joining us for episode 76. And until our next episode, when we continue to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions. Enjoy the week.